Welcome to the Property Management Brainstorm Show with Bob Preston. Bob is the president, owner, and broker of North County Property Group, the fastest growing and top-ranked property management company in North County, San Diego. This podcast is for property owners and investors who are considering hiring a professional property management company to manage their property assets. You'll hear from leading professionals on the best practices surrounding the San Diego rental market, what's involved in successfully renting your property, and how to make sure your property is managed correctly. Now, here is your host, Bob Preston. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Property Management Brainstorm podcast. I'm Bob Preston, your host of the show, broadcasting from our studio at North Kenny Property Group in Del Mar, California. And today we're going to talk insurance, not necessarily a very exciting topic, but it is related to property management and rental homes. And that's a huge consideration. And I have today with me, Chris Malberg from the Farmers Insurance Office of Kirk Miller. That's the right way to uh, introduce you, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Sounds about right. Chris is here in San Diego area. And thank you for joining us, Chris. Thanks for having me. You bet. And I wanted to invite Chris to join us on one of our episodes so we can discuss the importance of having the correct insurance in place on your rental property. It's really important. It can be a bit confusing, and we will have a chance to get it straight from a pro. So Chris and I met earlier this year. You're sort of a regular visitor in our office. You come in and talk to our team and brief us. And over the months, you've become our go-to guy, if you will, when a client wants to get the right insurance in place. So Chris, maybe you could start just by briefly telling us about yourself and your business and how people could contact you if they wanted to after the episode. Sure. So I've been in the insurance business for seven years, working mainly at farmers. And one thing that I like about farmers is we have a little more flexibility. So if it's something that farmers can't do, we can go to other companies like a broker. Okay. One of the things that I learned is I get a lot of my referrals from State Farm and all state agents, and they'll send me something that they can't do, their company can't do. Interesting. And vacation rentals was one of those things that kept coming up. And that's kind of why that was your point of entry into us. That's what I wanted to talk to you about because it's somewhat difficult. People have all their policies with State Farm and then they want to make this investment in, in turning their rental property into a vacation rental, and there's less options out there. So You bet. Okay. Well, today, what I'd like to touch on is kind of both sides, right? Long-term rentals and vacation rentals. Sure. So we'll get into both, yeah. both of those. And so maybe, um, okay, so how would they contact you if a listener wanted to reach your... So if you have any questions on your rental property whatsoever, you can contact me. My cell phone is 858 858- Six nine two nine five zero nine, and that's the best way to reach me. So eight five eight six nine two nine five zero nine. I'll do my best to answer questions. And if they were to Google it, it would be Farmers Insurance Agency of what Kirk Miller Kirk is Miller. the agent. Okay, yeah, great. And of course, anybody could contact North County Property Group, and we can give you Chris's contact yeah. number as well. So, okay, let's dive right into the heart of the matter of why it's important to have the correct insurance in place on a rental property. And maybe, Chris, you could start telling us about 
what is the right insurance to have in place when you've got a long-term rental? And by long-term rental, I mean an unfurnished property that you're seeking a tenant on for 12 months or longer, kind of a typical property management rental scenario. Right. So that's a landlord policy. And typically, someone may switch their homeowners over to a landlord. And that's important. A lot of times people forget to do that or they don't tell their agent, but they're two separate policies. So while they look the same on the front page, you have your structure coverage, your other structures, your personal property, things like that. Uh, The back of it, the whole 100 pages of wording that the insurance company has is different for a homeowner's policy versus a landlord's policy. We get that a lot. An owner will send us a copy of their proof of insurance, a declaration page, and we'll look at it. And they may have even named us as additional insured or additional interest. It's just a regular homeowner's policy, which doesn't cut it, right? It doesn't. No, because if there's a claim scenario, they're not looking at that front page, the declaration that says, hey, you have X amount of coverage on your home. They dig deeper into the back part of it with all the real nitty gritty details. And there's, you you get into a point where if you don't have the right policy, there's a chance that you won't have coverage on whatever happened. So you want to make sure that those details are all right and in line. And what is the right kind of coverage you would want if you were renting your home as a landlord or using a property management to, to rent your home? So the key coverage, obviously, you want to rebuild your home. But the differences between that and the homeowner is we're covering loss of rents instead of what the cost is for you to go to a hotel or while you're rebuilding. It's the cost to replace your rental income and also put your tenants in a hotel or take care of them or their families when they're out of the home for a a claim scenario. And then a real key is making sure you have your liability on that property because anything that happens there, even though you're just landlord and you're not always there and you don't know who's there, who who your tenant's inviting over, if something happens, they're going to name you as the landlord in a liability kind of lawsuit. Right. So let's touch on that just a bit. If I'm a homeowner and I don't have the proper rental insurance in place, and you don't know that I'm renting it to a tenant and there's a liability claim, would I be covered? That's a tough question because I've seen it where insurance companies realize you have the wrong coverage Mm -hmm. and they do cover it, but they have the opportunity if they wanted to, to try to get off of it. You know, they can look at that detail and say, hey, this isn't the right policy. You didn't tell us you have a tenant. You didn't so, have, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, you just don't want to have that scenario where they can potentially not cover your claim because the, the details in the policy aren't right. In my experience, if it's a simple oversight, like homeowners to a rental property, maybe they forgot to tell the insurance company, they have a little bit of leeway, but it also depends on the severity of the claim. I mean, they might cover something like that if it's a smaller claim, but mm-hmm. if you're getting a claim where they know they're going to have to pay up into millions of dollars. Yeah, some serious then, injury or something. Then they're going to say, wait, for us financially, it makes sense to try to kind of twist this. And we know that they have some room to do that because it's yeah. not the right policy. So 
um, that you just don't want to be in that scenario. Yeah, renting your house is always a risk, so you want to make sure you're protected as a, as the homeowner. Yeah. Okay. So two key aspects here: then making sure your insurance company knows you have a tenant, and it's called a you call landlord it a policy. landlord policy. Uh, so that does two things: it protects you from potential liability of a tenant coming after an owner, right? If there's an right. accident, and also covers rent if something should happen at the home that makes the home uninhabitable, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I've seen it called other things on other policies. So for example, a rental dwelling, rental endorsement, rental rider, some people call it. Are, are these things essentially the same? Right. It's, you want to make sure it says rental dwell. Any, any of these things is is a good thing if you if you have a rental. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that it clearly states that. And because it's a different policy, the whole back end of it, the 100 pages of, of wording are different on a homeowner's versus a rental. Right. So usually right on that front page, the declaration, they'll say it's a rental property. But that's important that the word rental is on there. So yes. that you want, you, make, you want to make sure your insurance company knows you're renting. So how did you guys do during the recent Lilac fire? Did you guys have many claims or any incidents that occurred? Well, we had... A couple of scenarios that came up, we called some clients, especially the LA ones. The LA fires happened first, and we call. I called one that has a bunch of house, houses in LA, and told them, "Hey, I just looked at a, a video online where that whole hillside is in right. flames over by the Getty Villa, and he's he didn't even realize it was getting that close, so he got a little freaked out, but nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Luckily, um, then we had." a client in Bonsall where the flames actually... So did we. Yeah, we had one of our clients in Bonsall. Yeah. And this is an interesting guy. This client is kind of a... He, he's like preparing for the apocalypse every day. Oh. So his, whole, his home was made out of concrete and it actually saved him in this fire because it just kind of went past... It like jumped over his home and there was wow. nothing that would uh would burn and, and i called him and i said hey uh, did you get evacuated i know your area the fire went right over you and he said he was in his bunker underground oh my god he has like a concrete <laughs> bunker with a bunch of dry foods and goods and things like that so weaponry maybe so, I don't so, know. yeah probably <laughs> <laughs> so luckily he was okay and i think uh while most of the clients i called had a like some fear in their voice he seemed pretty excited. Okay, well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, no zombies emerged. You're right. He, I think he was proud that he <laughs> put the work in, and it turned out to help him. No, that's an incredible story. So we also had a house in Bonzel, and the fire burned right up to the edge. We have a property, I mean, under management, and we had a tenant who had to evacuate. And so the owners really glad they have the right policy in place because. Not only can they get their house restored, there's a lot of smoke damage, but it was able to cover some other things. For example, the loss of rent during the period that the tenant's not able to leave there. So it's live there. Excuse me. So, um, okay, well, good. Those are some good examples. Talk to me about this concept of additional insured. Some insurance companies call it that. Some people call it additional interest. And this is something that we've learned to always require of North County Property Group that our clients include us as that, you know, additional insured. Right. So the additional insured does two things. One thing, it 
removes the additional insured from the first line of liability, which means if there's a claim and North County Property Group and the landlord are both named in this lawsuit, right. it makes whoever the is naming you as additional insured, their policy comes first and right. then yours comes second. So instead of your policy exhausting through its limits and paying for all the legal fees with that additional insured, it's the first line of defense that's picking up the legal fees and picking up the liability, which is how it should be because it doesn't, you don't need to fight the same claim from two different right. places. And North right. County North- Property Group doesn't own the property. We just happen to be sort of on the front line in terms of dealing with a tenant. Right. So the way I've sort of understood it is if there was a liability claim, they may first come after North County Property Group right. and having us on the policy as additional insured then makes certain that we don't have to then turn around and sue or go after the owner. Is that That's it. And it also, when you're an additional insured, you get notified about any potential cancellations on the policy. Right. So it can be a second line of defense on knowing about a potential cancellation so you can help your clients maintain their policies or if they change their mailing address and they're not getting the mail, they don't realize they're not paying it. Sure. You can kind of keep tabs on that. Okay. What about the the limits and the amounts on the policy? Uh, What do you typically recommend for a, a rental policy or a landlord policy? Well, the limits on the, the home are something where it's important to know exactly what it's made up of. So we look at the interior information, the, the what's the flooring type, cabinetry, countertops. We want to make sure that we're getting replacement costs to replace okay, everything. So yeah, I guess there are two there. aspects here. One is the is restoring the home, right. which would be variable depending upon what kind of a home it is. Right. And then the other would be the liability amounts and limits. Right. So what I recommend for a lot of people on on just the rebuilding of the home part is to have a higher deductible because not only is it going to save you money in the short term, but it's going to kind of avoid frivolous claims. Like we see clients that come to us uh, that get referred because their current insurance won't cover them. They have three claims, let's say that were 2000 bucks each. And now their policy goes up. 2000 bucks for the you know the next 3 years so in the end it's not really helping them that much and they could have had a higher deductible maybe paid less each year but that little amount they save can kind of go towards paying a, a smaller claim true so that's just something that it's better to avoid claims especially smaller mm-hmm. ones i know we want to file claims if if something happens and it, you know it's a short term burden on us but it really can be bad in the long term on making your yeah. I guess you're trying to protect the family jewels, if you, the family jewels, if you will, right? The, yeah. the disastrous type of um, either loss or suit from a litigious tenant. Who's, right, and so. and on the liability side, I always recommend at least enough liability to cover all your personal assets. Right. So that's different for everybody, but you know, maybe a million dollar liability is not enough. So you get an umbrella and we kind of go from there. All right. So an umbrella would be a liability policy on top of their, their home owner's right. insurance. Okay. And it, it's usually really inexpensive. So it, it can be about 
$20 a month for an extra million dollar liability. So it's kind of a no brainer. If you have those assets, you want to protect those. Now, our property management agreement also mentions workers' compensation in the description of the insurance a homeowner should have. Right. And I think a lot of homeowners don't understand that their home policy or their rental policy typically includes workers' comp. Is that correct? Right. It covers workers' comp up to their liability limit. So okay. that's for maybe uh, you use a maid service and they get hurt. Would it gardener. cover a gardener or somebody? Right. Okay. And, uh, and so you, you may use them that they don't have their own workers' compensation. Mm-hmm. So they get a major injury. They're going after the, the homeowner. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, what about renter's insurance? So this is something that we also require. Do you, right. do, do you guys offer renter's insurance? And where does that kick in? So renter's insurance is a good idea for any landlord. You you need to make sure that your tenants have renter's insurance because it protects you. So we were talking about additional insured before. Mm-hmm. What you want is your renters to have their own policy that covers liability, and then you're the additional insured, which like we were talking about, that means the renter's insurance policy comes first, not the landlord. So not until the renter's insurance policies limits are, are exhausted, do they start going after the landlord's policy. Well, that's a good point because I think some people just assume that renter's insurance is only to protect the stuff that the renters move in, right? Their personal belongings, but that's not really the case. There's also a, a liability aspect. Right. And it also covers their loss of use. So it would help the renters, your tenants, pay for a hotel or pay for their Okay, food so in the case food. of the, the tenants that got evacuated yeah. from the lilac fire in Bonzel, when they went to the hotel, their renter's insurance would help. Cover. Yeah, that can cover that. And the other thing is it, it covers damage to the property. So if the renter damages the property, that liability limit they have, which a lot of people carry 300000 or 500000 we try to get them at 500,000 to have a little more there. But if they damage the property, that's covered under that 500,000 liability limit. One story I have on that is one of our clients had a tenant that was a collector of tropical fish. So he had these aquariums. Oh my God. And if you, if you know uh, people that are into that, they just want I used more. to be. <laughs> they just want, they want it's more. It's expensive. It's expensive, right? And you get a good aquarium. And you want more, you want more fish, you want the, you know, this special fish, whatever it is. So he, he built a, a, his own because he's trying to save money. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. And he had the filtration, water titration systems. And anyways, his, his tank bursts and just water all over the home. And you can imagine that kind of water damage. Sure. So, so his renter's policy covered that. And it was about $150,000 worth of damage. because he was, it was something he did. I mean, it wasn't any fault of the owner of the property, right? Yeah. It was the tenant. That's when it kind of kicks in. I mean, if it's something where it's the landlord's responsibility, like a pipe burst is going to be on sure. a landlord policy, a electrical thing would be on a landlord policy. But if it's something the tenant does, let's say they leave the bath water on and it goes throughout the whole house. You know, if it's tenant negligence, that's going to be covered on the renter's policy. Right. So that's the renter liability renter's aspect liability. that's protecting the homeowner's household, basically. Right. And I had another one where the renter had a cigarette or something that he 
fell asleep and the cigarette still lit. And so fire, the whole thing went, the whole condo went and the renter's policy covered to replace the interior finishes and all that. And when I sit down with clients that are considering renting their home, I always make sure they understand that these things rarely happen. (laughs) So heaven forbid, right? But it's important to understand that the right policy is in place. If, I mean, it's, it's risk management. And it's good for the tenant, too, because that guy that started the fire, I mean, all of his personal stuff went, too. Right. And if he didn't have his renter's policy, which is like 10 bucks a month, he wouldn't have had a you know, replacement sure. on his TV and his bed and all that stuff. Okay, so we talked a little bit about this company before the show, just kind of dis- discussing it around. There's a company called Lemonade, and I don't know much about them, but they've been after us to kind of offer this to our renters. And apparently, you can kind of go online and quickly do a rental rental insurance policy. Do you know much, do much about them, and what's the, what's the deal with Lemonade? I looked up I looked them up online, and it seems like they have a really easy to use platform. Mm-hmm. And I think we all want something easy that we can do at home. and Yeah, they claim kind of, five minutes, you right. can get a policy. Yeah, it's like a self-checkout. When I go to the store, I go to, if I have not much in the cart, I'll go to the self-checkout. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Uh, but I think one, th- and I don't know whether or not their policy is good. I haven't read through it. Uh, but I, I think like what we're talking about now, the importance is in the details and kind of what's in the back of that policy about the wording and what's covered, what's not covered. Um, that's important in insurance because it's there's a lot more to it than buying something at the store where you can see it. You know you're buying a yeah. bunch of bananas instead of buying insurance where there's a lot more potential for loss. I mean, we're talking about potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars loss. And my recommendation would be to get someone that reads through the policy and says, yes, this looks good, you know, checks off on it because I don't know about you, but whenever I go online and they have terms of service, I just click accept and I don't read the, sure. you know, 80 pages of, of stuff. So it's just important to get a set of eyes on that and, and double check that stuff, make sure the details are right. And then I guess there's also an agent relationship. I mean, if if I'm buying insurance, I want to make sure, like like if you were covering my policy, you'd probably be the first person I call if I have some kind of a loss. And then right. at least you can guide me in where to go within farmers to to file my claim and, and to make something happen. And that might be difficult to do if you're dealing with a company that's out of state or I think they're based in New York. I don't know. They could have a great policy. I, I don't know. And I don't feel like there's any reason to disparage them, but I would also just be careful. Okay. No, that's interesting. I I think they're kind of an up and coming startup and we may hear more about them. I know they've been chasing property managers a lot to get us to have some kind of a link on our website. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Okay. So now there's this kind of gray area. I call it an in-between property in our portfolio, and that's the 30 day rental that's furnished and being rented 30 days at a time. So we have quite a few properties in our portfolio that are in condo associations and they're second properties. So they're not a true vacation rental because they're being rented for 30 days at a time, but they are being rented all inclusive with furniture and utilities are typically included. The only limitation is the minimum is 30 days. So is that a different definition or a different category for for farmers in terms of rental? 
insurance? A little bit. The way I would do that is they have, you can list it as a secondary home with short-term rental. Okay. Usually they look at long-term rental as anything over six months. So you can write it that way. And mm-hmm. like we were talking about, each of these policies is different. Whether you write it primary home, secondary home, the occupancy kind of dictates the rest of the, the policy form. So writing that correctly is important just because you don't want to be in a scenario like we were talking about where it's a little bit of a gray area in a right. claim because you live there, right? So you might say, oh, I'll put it on a, a primary condo owner's policy mm-hmm. and all my stuff's in there. So I want to make sure that that's covered on my personal property. Mm-hmm. But if a claim happens when a tenant's in there, all of a sudden we get into the gray area and sure. it's hard to know if or how the coverage will will be. And I think the, the key on these when you're doing 30 to 90 days is that there's vacancy restrictions on a lot of policies. And if you have the home vacant for X amount of days, it depends on how which carrier you have. But usually 15 or 30 day vacancies make it a vacant property and really limit your coverage. I think a lot of times they cut it in half. So whatever coverage you have, you have half of that if they determine you it was a, a vacancy. Oh, like if nobody was there for a period of time. So either yeah. you as the owner weren't staying in the property and you didn't have a tenant during that vacancy period, then there might be some limitations on coverage. Right. Interesting. Okay. So, right. I mean, I guess it's just a good idea to consult with a pro <laughs> who who writes your policy the right way and makes sure you're covered for your particular scenario. Yeah, because in that case, that's not a cookie cutter kind of scenario. So it's important that it gets put in there, right? And that whoever you're working with understands what you're trying to do with that property. Okay. So let's move on to the third category that I've identified. And this is short-term rental or otherwise known as vacation rental. Right. And here we're talking about an owner who has a second home usually. It's a vacation home of theirs. They come with their family. They use it. We have a lot of those along North County Coastal San Diego. And we have a portfolio that's about 35% of our portfolio. And these are short-term. So when they're not using it, they want us to seek vacationers who are going to come in, typically for days or maybe weeks. And anything under 30 days, in our vernacular anyway, is considered a short-term rental. So how does that insurance work on properties like that? So that's a, a really tricky insurance policy because most people don't realize that a rental policy is not a short-term rental policy. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure it's a short-term rental or vacation rental somewhere on that front page, which, yep. and then even farther than that, kind of going into the, the back of the policy, the forms and looking at, okay, what do they actually mean by vacation rental, according to your insurance company. The homeowner and the rental uh, policy that we talked about, the landlord policy, they have an exclusion in there that says no business use, which they're considering your short-term rental as a business. business. Yeah, And uh, and it it really is for a lot of uh, folks. I mean, it's run more like a hotel than it is a a traditional rental because you may have people in for the weekend or the week and then you come, you 
turn the linens and everything. Right. So, you no, know. that's how it works. Exactly. And in fact, in a lot of communities, the, the renter pays transient occupancy tax, which is essentially like what they would pay in a hotel. Exactly. Like so tent. in that case, when you have an exclusion that's that cut and dry in your policy and you have a policy like that, that's not really a gray area. That's an area where the insurance company is going to say, no, I mean, it's right here. We have a cut and dry exclusion. And so majority of companies don't allow vacation rentals. So we're talking about State Farm, Allstate, Travelers, Liberty Mutual. They don't have an option like that. There's only a handful. That of companies. seems like they used to, but a lot of companies are now shying away from it. Why? That's why right. is that? It's the liability that they're mostly worried about. Mm-hmm. When you have a vacation rental, there's no way. Well, there's a way you have North County Property Group to maintain, make sure. Right, that we're trying to do our best to keep an eye on the rental. Keep an eye on it, right? But for the owner, they they don't have much power over that, and so they don't they they can't say. Well, they do say we only allow this many people to be here, six people, but it's hard to enforce that. And a lot of people want to bring their family, their friends, come check out this beach house we're renting. Let's have a big barbecue. It's just more people that come over and more liability that can potentially happen. And then, of course, there's the scary thought of the rock star party. I, I heard a story where Johnny Manziel rented a house in L.A. for the weekend on VRBO and cost $30,000 worth of damage, you know, right. by throwing a big rock star party with all his uh, crazy friends. And that's without somebody getting hurt or doing something. Right. So there's a lot more liability in there. Sure. And that's why the companies aren't covering it. So what do you do then when you get a request from one of our clients who's looking for this type of a policy? Well, I go to certain companies I know do short-term rentals. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's three or four that our go-tos that I know they write that and they have a good coverage form. And I also make sure we maximize the liability on that. The vacation rentals that have pools are actually interesting. There's, it's really hard to get high liability on those. They usually have a cap. So the companies I work with will say, if they have a pool, the most liability we're going to cover is a hundred thousand or 300,000 because they don't want somebody diving in, hitting their head, a kid jump, falling in, drowning. There's just too much potential liability with that. And I mean, people go on vacation, they go to vacation rentals to have fun. And and unfortunately, when you're having fun, that's that's a potential for bad things to happen. For something happening. Yeah. Yeah. We had one policy of a property we had as a vacation rental and they had a pool and the insurance company made us put up like a no lifeguard on duty sign and make sure that there were depth indicators of the water depth for some of those reasons. Have you heard of stuff like that? And, and I have. I've heard companies do that. They all have their own rules and they're trying to l- limit the risk of a pool at a vacation rental right. as much as possible. So I've seen some companies that make the owners put a fence around the pool. Yeah. Even though they have a fence around their property, they'll say, no, we need a fence right around your pool. Like one of so those that, mesh fences right. that get, gets installed. Uh, exactly. I've seen that come up more and more. I think they just want to make sure there's no potential for a, a claim with that pool. So you've been pretty successful, though, writing policies for us for the short term. So it is doable. It is doable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important when I talk to the clients that they understand that 
their current policy doesn't cover it. And we also see a scenario a lot. Like I was saying, I get referrals from State Farm or Allstate, and it's it's a tough switch. I mean, the clients want to keep their policy that they've had for all these years, and their agent wants to keep them too. But they eventually the agent says, look, for the better good of the client, I have to send them to you because my policy is not going to cover them. Is it typically a policy replacement or could there be sort of a secondary policy laid on top? It's a replacement. Okay. So it also becomes, we see people that want to rent it out for one month and they'll come to me and we'll get them a policy for one month and they'll go back to their old policy. But a lot of them have a good month. Maybe they make a lot more money than they would on a normal rental. And they say, well, we want to have that option. So I recommend people get, if they want to do vacation rentals, they get a short-term rental policy that goes throughout the year and they don't have to worry about changing it around and worry, you call, wonder if they called me or they called their other agent or what policy is actually in place. Sure. So. Okay. And then just for the sake of, uh, being complete here and sort of covering all the types of insurance. There's, I don't think you offer this type, but there's a type of insurance called damage protection insurance that is often tied to short-term rentals. Are you, are you familiar with that type of insurance? Yeah. And I think that's a really good insurance for vacation rental owners to have, because what it does is covers your tenants, whoever's staying there. Well, the renter actually buys it. The renter. Yeah, the renter buys it. And so if they damage any of your property there, there's a certain amount of coverage they have. And I think there's very little or very low deductible on those, which is... Yeah, I don't think... In our the case of the insurance that we use for that, there's actually no deductible. It's a $99 policy that we charge to the renter. We enroll them. And then there's 5,000 coverage on accidental damage that the renter causes. Which is great because that helps them enjoy their vacation and their stay there. Imagine going to a place and you break the TV the first night there. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to turn it on. You know, that can ruin your whole trip saying, right. oh, I've got to pay for this now. I can't go out for a nice dinner or whatever. So I think that's a really nice policy to have. And it helps the landlord a lot too, because their deductible is going to be higher, 1000 2500 And, you know, with that policy, these little damages that are bound to happen are covered. Yeah, typically the damages are small. We, <laughs> we, this kind of thing rarely happens again, you know, but it does occasionally. We had a property that had this beautiful 55 inch LCD TV that was kind of at table height. <laughs> and one of their children walked up with a toy and was watching a cartoon and took the toy and just scratched. This oh, big man. giant mark across <laughs> the front of the LCD it ruined it. I mean, we yeah. there was no re, there was no fixing it. It had to be replaced, and it was about a twenty five hundred dollar TV, and right. it was covered. Right? It was an accident. So yeah, so that that peace of mind to give to your vacation renters yep. that hey, don't worry about it, enjoy yourself, have fun, is is nice. Well, it also allows us to charge a reasonable security deposit on a vacation renter because. It can be prohibitive sometimes if you charge a vacation renter like a $5,000 security deposit. They're not going to rent the property. But this allows us to, we typically do kind of a hybrid program when we charge a small security deposit. And then we do the damage protection insurance, which we know will cover up to $5,000. So, 
Well, what else, Chris? Is there anything else that our listeners should know about if they're considering renting their home and, and insurance? I think the key is just to look at what you have now and maybe get a professional opinion on, on what you have and whether that's going to cover what you want to do, especially if you're changing occupancy. That's where the details get a little bit mixed mm-hmm. up and can get overlooked. So if you're changing occupancy on, on your property, uh, you really want to double check and make sure that you have the right policy for that. That's good good input. I, I suppose if you're thinking about renting your property and you want to use a property manager, that would be the first step is researching property managers. But I think a logical next step would be talking to your insurance agent right, right away. right? Exactly. And then probably talking to your tax advisor to understand tax implications. But the insurance is right up there as a top priority. It is. Yeah. The, the potential for major losses there. So you might as well make sure that's not there, mitigate that as much as possible. Well, this has been really great, very informative, and we thank you for joining us. And once again, maybe just your phone number of someone we're interested in contacting you. Yeah. If you have any questions on what we talked about whatsoever, you can call me. I'm at 858-692-9509. That's Perfect. my cell, so you can call, text, whatever, whatever works <laughs> anytime, for you. <laughs> anytime of day. Careful what you, careful what you ask for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Chris. Well, thanks so much for joining us. This concludes today's episode. Thank you for all, or thank you all for joining the Property Management Brainstorm podcast. And until next time at North County Property Group, we'll be in the field working hard for our clients to maximize their property value and income and maintain top-notch tenant relations. We will see you next time. And thanks again to Chris Malberg. Thank you. See ya. See ya.